1: Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies,
0: spiral notebooks,
1: clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dumb Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com people slash dumb dice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back. Redbubble.com people slash dumb dumb dice. Get your merch merchandise today.
0: Welcome back to Curse, Code, and Crown, a live play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast featuring a fully original world and campaign. I am the wizard Cronox, observer of time. Curse, Code, and Crown features our regular voiceover artists and improvisers, Laura Elizabeth as a new character, Tyler Hewitt as Maka Deathcap, and Ryan LaPlante Duncan Kindano alongside our dungeon master, the incredible Tom McGee. So get ready for an adventure including thrills, chills, and hope for a brighter tomorrow. It's time for Curse, Code, and Crown!
2: Duncan and Maka you stand looking at a a suit of armor that you've become quite familiar with uh, over your your, your travels. Duncan, of course, it was uh, one you you passed almost daily um, in in Orvel, but uh, that both of you have have come to to know as as a princess struggling against um, circumstance and uh, a bad upbringing and, generally speaking, uh, the weight of the quest that had been placed upon her shoulders. Uh, But that armor is no longer home to Gwendolyn Princess of Orville. No, no, my friends. It's home to Karen. Uh, So the two of you are facing down Karen. Uh, The armor kind of tilts its head, kicks out its hip a bit, says, wow, it is much different having legs.
3: Gwendolyn?
2: Yes.
1: (laughs) Ah, good, Uh, you... Duncan will already be, like, walking sideways to circle around so that Karen can't run. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, so where's the princess?
2: Uh, Last I saw, she was driving this big suit of armor that I must say I think is very fetching uh, towards the big monster thing, and then she, like, fell a really long way. And now she's gone. I'm, like, really broken up about it.
1: Now here's where my concern comes in, Karen. I don't mind being altogether probably too honest with you. The last time someone who was not the princess was inside that body, they'd taken it by force. So I'm afraid I'm gonna have to ask you to leave it so the princess can come back.
2: Uh. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, like, I'm totally with you. That seems like a really nice thing to do, and she is my bestie, so like if I could do that, I would, but she is gone. She's not here anymore. It's just me in this armor. This is tremendously confusing. Um, okay. Uh look, I know it's kind of confusing because of all the like spiritual stuff, but I'm pretty sure and she like leans in as though she's whispering in your ear. She's like, I'm pretty sure her like soul is gone. Like, I think she crossed over.
1: I don't want to sound too disrespectful, but I'm not entirely sure that you're a reliable expert on how this plays out. we where We needed to go somewhere in terms of dealing with the armor. Some sort of dwarf city. Mm -hmm. Karen, how would you like to join us on a
2: journey to go learn more about your new body? That would be really great. I feel really bad that I'm the only one left. Like, I feel like she, like, protected me when we fell. And that was, like, super cool of her. So, yeah, let's go find out about the armor. And, like, I don't know, maybe we can improve it or something, you know? Uh, we can make, like, some respectful symbols on it or something to, like, show that we loved her. Or or we could try to get the princess back.
1: Like, D- Duncan is just... I think in his brain, he's reasonably sure that Karen has stolen the body and that the princess might be able to be brought back, but he can't believe he has to ask this fucking horrible person to, like, stay on the team for a bit. <laughs> he is just not having a good time at all I, mean, just, I, like, I think it's like the sentence trails off And then he's just like looking to try to figure out which way he's supposed to go As though he could see a dwarf city
2: But just lost, frustrated, scattered How is, uh, Tyler, how is Maka doing with all of this? I feel like he would probably have a much different take on it than This is a trick I must
0: <laughs> I yeah. must suspect
4: it was it was extremely novel to Maka that um a a soul or life force could inhabit um like a non biological vessel. Um and so I think I think he would ask. Uh he would he would say uh
3: Duncan, this armor is integral to your people's history and culture. Yes. Hmm. That is correct.
1: It's mm. as close as a holy relic to Lady Justice as exists.
3: Are there any stories that would help to explain what is going on right now that your people may have shared or passed down? No, I, I honestly, the princess being in there
1: didn't entirely make sense to me, but now a random fish familiar that we kidnapped from a museum is embodying. The greatest hero in the history of humanity. I do not understand
3: this at all. Mm. Perhaps this is the next chapter in humanity's story. Mm. The fish yeah. savior. Mm. Mark, yes. can we go? <laughs> can we just talk over here for a second? <laughs> just got to get Mark, at my Mark, I
1: mean this in the most respectful way possible. But there is no way a self-obsessed socialite familiar is going to be the next step in human religious evolution. This is just a problem that we need to solve because I'll take that armor. We just got to put her in something else. And if the dwarfs can help us do that, we get the princess back and it all checks out and it's fine. Because I, I need to have a conversation with the princess. I figured out all of my problems. I just need to talk with the princess. So fish out, princess, and
3: on we go. hmm Duncan, I will help you with this, but I think you need to prepare yourself. For the possibility that Gwendolyn does not come back. Hmm. In my profession as gravekeeper, there are many, many things left unsaid to those who have passed on. It is the way of things.
1: I can't simultaneously try to get the princess back and accept that she's gone. That kind of double think is frankly beyond me. I've got a battle to get her back and I've got to battle to find people who can bring her back. Mm. That's the setup when she's gone. Nothing makes sense on the scale of things. I, and I need to bring her back. That's, I need to bring her back. <laughs> he says, and just like goes and like, he doesn't, they don't really have gear. Do, do we have anything? I think it's just us standing here. <laughs> he like looks around <laughs> as though he has a cart he should climb on or something, but and there I isn't think, one.
4: I think the cart stayed in like the Badlands. And yeah. Was just completely yeah. So Zamaka will will grunt and, and
3: and just say, I, I will, I will help you on your quest, Duncan. Hmm. I will, uh, Accompany you and Karen to the dwarven city. Mm.
1: Excellent. I stand by my oaths to you and Jassy as well. We will solve all of these problems because it seems that they're all related with these damn senkai, mm. whatever. Just so. Yes,
4: just so. Um, Tom, does Maka being um being someone who's lived on the sur- the surface, um, albeit um, kind of exclusively on his little. Island in Blaine. Does he know anything about where the dwarves would would live?
2: Um, I think it'd be safe to say that uh, you have a rough sense of, of where to go um, from your your time in in the Shadowlands. This was definitely something that was, I think, discussed enough that um, you would have a, a general sense. It, you don't have a specific location, but if you just start start walking that way, uh, you'll you'll definitely make it. Actually, I have a follow up question.
4: Um, did we retain our flying brooms and do they still
2: have the magic to let us fly? <laughs> oh, nice try, homie. No, you sure shit didn't. All right, cool. But I appreciate the hustle and I respect it. I think
4: Maka doesn't understand quite yet, so he does take out his mop and straddles it, expecting to, <laughs> to like <light it. laughs> He'll say like, and so we take flight. <laughs> and It's like nothing happens. He's <laughs> <And it's> like... <laughs> And he just like drops it on the ground because <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah, I think need that's it.
1: more of a more shadow lines thing than than anything else. So he doesn't even mock we... for
4: its typical use. So
2: he'll he'll just leave that by the road. <laughs> <laughs> okay, excellent. Um so uh the only other person I think we need to hear from through all this is Gwen. Uh you have just watched Karen say all of this from your new home in her shoulder, and to your horror, you realize They can't hear anything you're saying. Uh, it seems only Karen can.
5: Duncan, Marka, Karen, what the bloody hell just happened?
2: Oh, I think you like died. Yeah. And obviously, she's just saying this mentally. I was about to say it's not (laughs) out loud. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's like, you, uh, you. Died because you are really bad at jumping. So no, well, no,
5: listen. No, listen here. Okay, I've already died once, uh-huh. and I got put into a suit of armor,
2: mm-hmm.
5: so I can't die again.
2: Well, okay, call what you will. Like I'm no philosopher, um, but pretty sure I'm in the body now, and you live in my shoulder. So like, have that, fun there. That's
5: just, we were just the other way around.
2: Yeah, life's a bitch.
5: Did you do this?
2: Yeah. What? Bye. <laughs> and then the Karen armor starts walking, <laughs> just happily striding along behind Duncan and uh, and uh, Maka. Uh, as she walks by, she's like, uh, "Mr. Tortleman,
3: you dropped your mop." I have no further use of it. You may keep it if you wish. no that's
2: okay i just wanted to make sure you didn't lose it if it was valuable to you i want to be a valued member of the team like gwendolyn was gwenny always said that you know she thought i would make a really good addition to the team and in fact her dying words were watch out for them and take care of them so that's what i'm gonna do okay hmm
1: duncan at his head is like well, that was clearly a lie. I guess <laughs> he he knows Gwendolyn and those words would never come out of her mouth in a time of crisis. <laughs> I, I'm assuming because when things fell apart, Duncan had picked up the fancy sword, which he definitely would not have like returned to Karen. Uh does Duncan still have it, or does Karen have it now or where where do we want the
2: Um you could you could be carrying the Elos blade if you want, but uh realistically it's not of much use to you. It only really it interacts. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd
1: actually use it as a thing. It'd be more like he wouldn't give it to Karen. And it's so significant to Orville and the Dawnbreakers that I don't think he'd leave it. So it
2: becomes totem. Yeah, yeah, for now. I mean, the other thing is that, uh, much like Gwendolyn, Karen, uh, having been a familiar, obviously isn't trained with with any of this stuff. So she's kind of in a similar situation to Gwendolyn when she first woke up in the armor. Um, So it's not like she's like, I'm a mighty warrior, give me my sword. It's kind of like, ah. So she's like having the same difficulty walking and adjusting to legs really does seem to be an interesting uh, adventure for her. Um, And with that, uh, the the three and a half of you... um, uh, set out uh, to find uh, the dwarven kingdom um but you're not the only ones who have set out uh, to find uh, the dwarven kingdom today uh for there is another adventurer uh who has also been making their way uh to this very same place on a mission of of uh, great import uh for the empire of numbers uh Laura um can you please describe yourself as you uh, are making your way uh down a, a fairly lonesome path uh towards uh, the down under
5: uh, sure. Um, I am an orc. <laughs> um, so I'm about, I like f- fairly like youngish, I'm like 21, 22, um, but like 5'10 stocky, kind of like muscular, like all orcs, but also like a little, just a little soft. Like I probably spend a lot of time like inside sitting versus like, you know, like hitting things. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: an orc I've orc got like the greenish
5: gray skin. Um, my hair is like... Uh, black it's kind of messy into like pulled back and then like braided into one of those like mohawks a braided mohawk mm-hmm. um and um i'm wearing uh like this kind of like a light brown leather armor um that's got uh kind of like stitched um symbols for like the number sets So like the U and the N and the Z and for like the universal set, natural numbers, integers, like all that stuff. Um, And I also have uh, on my chest stitched um, what looks like um, an abacus. Um, And then, oh, and I also have uh, tattoos on my cheeks. Uh, So on uh, my right cheek, uh, it says Kuare and on the other uh, side, it says Ergo. And uh, that's what I look like.
1: I was going to say, if you had to do a celebrity casting, just because some of our brains work that way.
5: I know. I couldn't f- I couldn't think of anyone that looks like her. Like, uh, Who embodies the
2: spirit of Doesn't the Jennifer Garner there?
4: have Kuare and Ergo tattooed <laughs> on her face? I, I thought that was what we were going for. <coughs>
5: um
4: they
1: don't always cast people who look exactly like the character they cast somebody who's got the vibe
5: um
4: maybe we don't get to know this character yet because we haven't, <laughs> we
5: haven't seen just do because you'll you'll get this more it's the, it's the woman who plays max from black sails
2: Cool. cool, that's a great reference for two people and uh, I'm looking at that's, both of them. That's her uh, vibe. Great, so Tyler, for you and me, she's an orc lady. I don't fucking know. Um, Jennifer Garner. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Garner, great. Um, so, uh, yes. So and, exactly
5: what she looks like, but it's her vibe.
2: Great, Laura, what's her <laughs> name? That's cool.
5: Um, her full name is Itakue Ego Discare Petre, but you can just call her Ita.
2: Great, I will. (laughs) Um, So uh, Ita is, of course, one of the famed orc countants uh, of the Empire of Numbers. um, And uh, Ita, you've been um, dispatched uh, from the Empire with uh, an important regulatory checkup, um, which is a mid-important task. uh, But uh, it is, in some ways, uh, it's it's exciting for you because this is like the big leagues. uh, But it's also not incredibly high stakes because... um, the uh, the dwarven city uh, is known to be incredibly reliable, but um, there do there have been some irregularities of late, uh, and those are worth investigating. Um, so uh, so it is that uh, you find yourself um, walking along this road. Um, what is Ita's um, relationship to travel and and to kind of journeying? Is this like a nice thing for her? Is this an unfortunate like necessary evil?
5: It is. It's a bit. It's a bit of a necessary evil. She she, she would kind of rather rather be kind of hanging out with books and studying and 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 doing math stuff.
1: Gotcha, very good. Um, oh, and the actress's name is Jessica Parker
2: Kennedy. If anyone out there wants to look her there
5: you up, go. That's, that's her. The vibe. actress Laura
2: was talking about Jennifer Garner. I got it. I got it. <laughs> um, so. Cool, Black Sails Orc. Uh, you're making your way in the world today. Takes everything you got. Um, the, uh, the weather's nice. Um, I think as a, a fairly indoorsy person myself, um, there's like a joy to that, but also like a, if I have to be outside, I guess this is fine, but ideally I'd rather be back, uh, back in the empire. Um, you are, uh, what are you wearing on your feet?
5: Uh, on my feet, I've got, um, they're, they're, they're just kind of like big leathery boots.
2: Okay. Um, so you're, uh, you're making your way along, uh, when you feel a, a suddenly, a uh, sharp pain, uh, in, uh, your, your foot, uh, and looking down, uh, you realize that, uh, you've, uh, there seems to be a rock in your boot, uh, which is very inconvenient. Um, you're almost to your destination, but it is truly unpleasant, um, so as you try and kind of find a, a safe spot to, to sit down and, and to sort it out, um, you hear the sounds of an argument on the wind. Uh, it would seem that uh, a couple of your fellow travelers are having quite a debate, uh, quite, uh, uh, sounds uh, heatedly, uh, about where exactly uh, the down under is. Um, so having dealt with the rock, uh, shaking it out of your boot and kind of massaging your, your foot for, for a hot second before you continue on your way, uh, you realize that uh, you might actually be able to help these people because you're also headed there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, how do you think Ida would approach this situation? Would she? Yeah. What's what would be her her way of approaching?
5: Um, it, she she would she would get a look at the people first, just to like make sure. I mean, the thing is, like, there are people who just like straight up will like kill an orc on site and she just wants to like make sure she wants to get the vibe of these people just to from a distance and make Mm. sure they're not going to like shoot her.
2: Yeah. I will say the empire of numbers is uh, widely respected in Gren um, for, for its uh, acumen and the, the orc accountants particularly are are kind of known far and wide. Um, That said uh, the modification I would give you on that is that, uh, yes, there are people who will kill an orc on site, not because orcs in this world are particularly warlike, but because the Empire of Numbers uh, is allied uh, against the uh, the Covenant of Krakate and a few other groups. Uh, and there's still some lingering, uh, lingering resentments. Um, the uh, Empire of Numbers and uh, the Apex Institute have long been um, very, very close allies, but unfortunately... Uh, kind of your combined abilities have, uh, meant that there are a number of other, uh, societies that would be very happy, uh, to see you fall. Um, and I think for you specifically, Eda, being someone who's fairly sheltered, you've heard tales of, of orcs being waylaid and, and, killed and all that. Um, cause the, the old legends, uh, do not fade, but, uh, yes, um, just as a general sense of like where the empire fits in, in this world, that's, uh, that's kind of where they live. Um. But hell, I mean, people hate lawyers here, too, so it's fine. Um, So uh, can you roll me a stealth check, please? Uh, I can. Meanwhile, while you're doing that, um, uh, Duncan and Maka, uh, the two of you and Karen, um, have been wandering for three days now, near where you thought the Dwarven Kingdom would be. Now, you've been through a lot together, so this wouldn't normally be as much of an issue, but... um, if Gwendolyn was a problem in the armor, Karen is a real problem in the armor. Um, so uh, Ryan, do you think Duncan would, would it all be like quiet seething stuff or would this have kind of come to a head? At this point, she's just folded, like she she's standing there with her arms folded and it's like, I refuse to go anywhere until we determine where we're going. This is ridiculous. You guys are bad adventurers.
3: You're going to the dwarven city. The yeah. Kingdom. yeah, that's what I want to do. Yes, it is where we are going, but we have
2: like,
1: found it. I feel like yes. t- t- Duncan has become the, like, he's realized that Maka is the reasonable parent and Duncan will easily become the man who yells, so he's just trying to let the unstoppable force hit the immovable object of, like, where are we going? To the dwarves? And he's like, if I don't talk, this will literally go forever.
2: Right. Um... Okay, so we'll say that's kind of where where, uh, uh, Ita finds you. Um, Duncan, I feel like you kind of always passively worry that people might be trying to ambush you, so can you roll me a uh, perception check, please? I guess we could probably go with passive perception, but fuck
1: it. Either way, it's a bad roll. I rolled a six. The passive is 11. He's not actually that perceptive. (laughs) Uh, And, Laura, what did you get?
0: Uh, Four Yay! <laughs> That's my boy! He
1: can spot a lawyer at a mile away. <laughs>
2: um, yes, so, uh, you know, you sneak up um, in what sneak. you think is... Yeah, yeah well, exactly. It, it's like, uh, I like to imagine it's like someone like sneaking around in robes where it's just like, I'm stealthy. It's like, you can't be in that outfit. This is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but um, sure enough, uh, Duncan, uh, you spy um, an orc... Uh, just kind of like peeking up, up and around. Um, now, of course, you haven't met uh, an orc before, but uh, you've certainly read about them. Um, and uh, this one uh, has uh, doesn't look like, but has the general vibe of some lady from Black Sails. And you're like, ah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, you see, uh, you see an orc uh, desperately trying to be stealthy while being incredibly visible, uh, possibly doing the tree peek around a far too small tree.
5: Hundred <laughs> uh, percent.
2: Um, what do you do?
1: Uh, I think Duncan would let the other two keep arguing, uh, and then just basically unholster Mr. Bang under cover of the cape, and just wait for the orc to approach. Like, let the orc think it's got the drop, and then see what happens. Okay. For the first time, he doesn't have anyone he's actively bodyguarding, other than a suit of armor that has Karen in it, but it's not like... You know, a halt. Who goes here? Meet the princess. Like this is there's a fucking fish woman in a tin can. According to anyone down here,
2: great. Um, so Ida, you um, uh, and sorry, uh, Ryan, you're doing this stealthily, right? You're just like drawing the gun, yeah. and keeping it under your. Uh, so uh, yeah, um, these are uh, these are strange creatures indeed, uh, Ida. Um, you would recognize um, Maka as as a turtle uh, of uh, of Bleen. Um, but uh, it would seem there's also a human of Orville, which is incredibly strange and certainly not someone um, you wouldn't have met humans, I think at all in your life. Um, Mm -hmm. The general vibe with the empire numbers is that like uh, they're, they're very much, and the apex Institute shares this opinion. um, Orville is a, uh, a convenient uh, nuisance, if that makes any Mm. sense. Um, It uh, as, as was kind of outlined in, in the treaties, like, it was a convenient way to get the humans kind of off everyone's back. Um, <laughs> but it's also like you're just very content for them to just kind of be over there in their corner. That's that's the ideal situation. Um, so uh, very strange uh, to see one of these uh, savage and warlike creatures um, wandering around um, wearing incredibly strange, very impractical, impractical clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> However, uh, you uh, upon looking at the armor, you do recognize, of course, that um, uh, you're headed in the right direction, know that these people are also headed in the right direction, uh, because it uh, definitely looks like um, uh, it, the armor is made of amulium and this is definitely a, uh, a suit of armor that, that has been produced by uh, by the dwarves. Um, so perhaps it's a technical issue, perhaps some services require, yeah, you know, gotta get that warranty going. Um, but, uh, yes, the, uh, the turtle and the suit of armor seem to be, whoever is in the suit of armor seem to be having a, a very circular conversation, mm-hmm. um, that I think you can appreciate from a logical level in that they are both technically correct. <laughs> Neither of them is technically wrong, but the conversation is not, it is impossible for this conversation to advance.
5: Right. So I, I just kind of peek around the tree and I say, uh, hello, it seems that your friends are, uh not proficient in the art of rhetoric.
1: Are you talking to like, is it loud? So everyone hears it? Is it just it, to me? It is,
5: it is to you.
1: Okay. Uh, well, it's, you're not wrong. Uh, it's nice to meet you. I'm Duncan Kindano, uh, first captain of the Dawnbreakers. And you are, and while he's saying this, it's just like, it's that neat little, like under the cape, just flip the thing around and reholster the pistol.
2: Cause it seems <laughs> like a decent human or decent orcish being. I'm like glad you didn't shoot her in the head. That would have made the <laughs> session real fucking weird.
5: <laughs> I say, uh, hello, I am Ita. Well,
2: it's nice to meet you, Ita. I've got a question for you. Do you
1: happen to know where the Down Under is? Uh,
5: this is why I, I approached you, because I heard the arguing and I am uh, also going to the Down Under.
1: Well, could we perhaps journey with you? Uh,
5: uh, yes. Yes. All this, right. Well, you be, don't have to this hide. This would be acceptable.
1: Yeah, you don't have to hide behind the tree anymore. You could step out and I'll introduce you to the others. Uh, Maka, Karen, uh, we Maka found.
4: turns around and is like,
1: Duncan. <laughs> I find yeah, someone who they're knows they're where the ground under is. I mean, more accurately, she sort of found us. But this is Ita, uh, is it?
5: Well, that is not my full name, but my name is very difficult for some people. So you may call me Ita. Vita, that's,
2: that's so pretty. My name's Karen, and these are my friends. I'm kind of like their protector, but also their princess. My You're
5: is- a princess. We did not. I did not think that princesses wear the armor. Usually, the people around them wear the armor.
1: You know what? This is going to be a long story. Maybe we should go over this while we walk uh, towards the down under. Uh, and I imagine, like as as they start. Uh, trudging, uh, he just has a moment to be like, "All right, so,
2: uh, do you know anything about the Dawnbreakers?"
5: Mm, would I?
2: No, I mean, like, no, I don't think so. This I don't is, think I would have any reason to. No, this is. I, I think, like, for for your society, the Dawnbreakers would be like an old, 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 like. Celtic myth about a local band of warriors. Like, you, we would know in broad strokes, but, like, it, it would be so specific and weird that, uh no, now, you would probably know about um the Dawnbreaker, like, uh, Amala Consularis Yeah. Yeah. Uh, only in that she's, like, an important historical figure. But it'd be, like, I don't know, an obscure European war hero in World War 2 where you're just like, oh, yeah, that's a name of someone who was in that big fight a long time ago, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, the whole Necritus conflict, even though it, it you know, the, the scars are still very present today, uh, is long enough ago that I think, like, to put it in kind of modern terms, you're like a kid who was born after 9-11, where it's like World War I seems so fucking far away, and like World War II kind of seems impossible to understand, but like Age of Terror you kind of get. Like, it's it, it's a conflict you're aware of, but it seems so ancient and distant that like... Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah, fine. So
1: Duncan would probably be excited by that. I won't actually go through the whole story, but he would basically go through... Amalek and Solaris, the founding of Orvel the purpose of the Dawnbreakers, their glorious history, how the kingdom sort of started to fall into a toilet because he lacks tact and isn't a diplomat. Uh, then the fall through the sky, taken over by the Sinkai. He literally walked through the whole adventure that they have gone on thus far and then explain okay. it like Karen is not the princess. This would, would he also
2: take time to explain that uh, we can join our Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash dumdumsdice? <laughs> like, I feel like we're getting a recap and I, I'm really in, into it. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to listen to all the seasons today... Ida, it's important to know. Yeah, yeah. And you can buy merch. What is Red Bubble? Up. Yeah. It's a spell. Maka has it. You don't want to know what it does. Yeah, it's um, a
1: popular shop in Orville.
2: Uh, you can get access to it
1: through a series of portals. So that's sort of where we're at now. So we're trying to figure out um, how to get Karen out of the armor and how to get the princess back in the armor because I believe this is some sort of tricky, familiar witch business that I don't care for.
5: This is an interesting conundrum. Well, the dwarves would know about the armor.
1: That is so. Perhaps
5: we can ask some dwarves.
4: That's literally exactly what we had planned uh, until we met you. Akka's like walking ahead and
2: like looks over, sort of like we are on our way to the dwarven kingdom now.
5: Ah, yes, this makes sense.
2: And Karen is Uh, like, and this time I think we actually are, because like my new bestie, Ita, seems to like get it.
5: What is a bestie?
2: Oh, it's what you and I are. It means very close friends who share everything.
5: We are not very close friends and we will share nothing (laughs) until we know each other better.
2: I'm a little bit hurt, but also trapped in a suit of armor. So, like, I get it, but like, we'll get there. Just ask, just ask my, my my buddy Danny over here. We're best pals.
5: We we may get there, but you cannot say so for certain. This is uh, ridiculous. Maka.
2: What do you think about this? This seems to be a, a conversation Maka would have opinions on. As senior ranking bestie with Karen.
1: <laughs> for the record, he's the only ranking bestie with Karen. I am not besties with Karen.
4: Maka like looks to Duncan like mm, yes. Uh, and- <laughs> Uh, and it just says, uh, uh,
3: as long as I am I or Karen are alive, we will be besties have been besties for longer.: hmm?
5: uh, that Of course, that is true. I do not know why you have to point this out to me.
3: Uh, I am learning this for the first time, and just talking about it out loud helps me to understand.
5: Oh. Learning is good and if this helps you to consolidate what you are learning then i appreciate it but i i, I will i will not respond to your illogic shall so, shall we proceed
1: to be clear yes. Marka, you, you're not necessarily someone's best friend just because they declare that you're their best friend as you've seen from eta it's actually sort of a voluntary thing that happens over time it's not something that instantaneously appears
3: mm.
4: And, and Maka will look to Karen and say, would you like to be
2: my best friend? I would love that. I got to tell you, it was really lonely lonely in that portrait for so long. And like you and me, we're kind of like the senior people here. Cause we've both been alive a lot longer than these two. So like we could share some history about history.
1: Duncan's going to quietly lean over to Ethan and be like, if that fish ends up in that turtle's body, this is going to be a fucking disaster. Dumdums and Dice would like to welcome you to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and I'm releasing my report on the Valentine Heresy. It's an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. Join Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, and Laura Elizabeth and Tyler Hewitt as Hivebred siblings Lyric and Alto, as this unlikely trio try to save the Emperor from a cabal of mysterious enemies in a series created by Games Master Tom McGee. Can these unlikely heroes survive in a galaxy where there is only war? Find out in the first episode of Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. Available now.
5: There's some very strange body switching. I do not quite understand it, but I would accept it for now. So I've sort
1: of told you our story as they just go back to walking again, because I think it might be jarring for Ida, but Duncan is very used to Maka just stopping in the middle of a conversation to like build a castle and then just like walk away from it again. So it'd be like, so I've kind of just like, for lack of a better description, speed described our history, but like, what do you do? What brings you to the down under? What is your what's your life defined by?
2: So Ida, um, you've been dispatched um to uh Fortress Sprongbrek, uh which is uh the specific uh dwarven uh facility uh in mine um that uh uh these two are are clearly headed to. What you would know um from uh, actually having trade relations with uh, with the Down Under is that so, like the Down Under is actually kind of a very broad term for uh, a number of underground societies um, in the same way that uh, orvel was kind of like, everything down there is just kind of down there. All the surface dwellers are like, yeah, there's some shit underground, don't worry about it. Um, but uh, this particular um, uh, sort of uh, mine and uh, forge, is um, among the most respected, if not the most respected uh, in, in all of uh, Dwarven society. Um, it is, like, the big one. Um, so you've been dispatched uh, because there have been um, a few financial irregularities um, from um, Sprongbreak which is normally incredibly, incredibly, like, it, it works like clockwork. But you were informed um, by uh, one of the lesser Googleplexes um, who, who outranks you at uh, Back in the Empire that... Um, The uh, dwarven Society comes with a lot of uh, social upheaval um, in cycles. So their guess is that this is just another election, another Mm. situation that they're just sorting out. Uh, However, um, the drop in quality, and it hasn't been huge, but it has been noticeable, particularly for a a nation of accountants, uh, is somewhat concerning. So you've been dispatched kind of as a goodwill ambassador, but also to kind of just get eyes on... (coughs) On the facility, uh, make sure that uh, this is, in fact, a temporary disruption and not uh, a sign that things are are in decline.
0: Okay. Uh,
2: because it is it is uh, strange, and um, so you're you're kind of the the Donald Gennaro from Jurassic Park, just being sent <laughs> to like make sure all the ledgers are working and everything is is working the way it should be. Okay. Um so yes. Uh, also, just as as personal relevance, we've talked about the software, but uh, this is kind of your first big uh, inspection. Um, this yeah. is one of the main duties of uh, of work. Accountants is is to make sure that um, you know uh, everything is up to snuff. And it's one thing to pour over reports, which is what you have been doing. Uh, but it's a little bit like dispatching, like a crime scene analyst from the lab where it's like, no, but we really just got to take a look at your books and like, make sure this is all kosher. So this is actually a pretty big deal. And this is kind of, um, the show as it were for an or accountant is to actually get to go explore it. I think for you, it'll also be exciting to observe these processes on the ground rather than just forensically through, uh, receipts and invoices and that sort of thing. That's- um, so you convey that. Uh, I'm not sure how much of that you would convey to them, but I assume you convey.
5: Um, I, ha- I have nothing to hide. So I would, I would yeah, convey all of that.
2: Um, so the piece uh, I need from you then, Laura, is um, how does Ida feel about all this?
5: Well, Ida's been studying a long time. Um, this is, honestly, she'd kind of like to be getting on with her doctorate. It's like it's a doctorate, but it's a, for orcs, which Not is it. exactly the same. They just call it a, a doctorate because, because they like puns. And, this and is true of the orc tos.
2: count as well. Yes, they, they really um, committed.
5: They really are. Um, so this is kind of one of these things like, okay, important learning experience, important to apply the theory. But she is excited to kind of discover her own thing. So she's kind of she's she's gonna be looking out for um, th- like th- th- this might be an opportunity to uh, gather some research as it will that's
2: love it yeah um, so yes so you uh, conveys that uh, to the party as you walk uh, Duncan you've been kind of driving this this conversation would you have any follow-up questions
1: um well I mean the rough idea is interesting I don't think Duncan actually knows enough about like mathematics to be able to really understand even what to ask about the empire. Like he would just be like, they like numbers. That's probably enough for him. Like he would, his experience would be at most figuring out how to like budget and plan for a group of troops to go on the move, but that's mm-hmm. it. Um, I think his only question would be like, what do you, so we've talked about like what you've done and what you want to learn and where all that's going. But what would you argue is your guiding purpose in this world? We only live for a short time, and we find meaning within it. What do you think yours is?
5: My guiding is to discover how the universe works, how everything fits together. It is beautiful. Everything is perfect, and everything can be described with mathematics. And that is, I want to describe the world. There is so much we do not know yet.
1: But like, how would you describe an emotion with mathematics? Because I understand the idea of like 10 troops eat you know, this many pounds of food, and if we're going to go 100 miles, I need this many cats. But how would you describe like the interactions between people with mathematics?
5: Mm. There is everything. I mean, you can start from the simplest. One person interacting with one other person is two people interacting. You have addition. And then you look at their body language and they make different geometries which express different emotions. It is all mathematics.
1: So if you put one person and another person together, you get one baby, but isn't that technically a breach of one plus one equals two?
5: Oh dear, that is interesting. Perhaps that will have to be my source of study. That is an interesting topic, thank you we've I I, I had that then I start making notes on the little like pad of paper oh that well, that, I have.
1: <laughs> that wasn't my intention but you, you're welcome I guess
2: this is gonna be an interesting trip um so uh, there's the the day sort of um the Sun begins to set and uh, night begins to come on um you finally uh, reach the uh the stone markers um, that each uh, you'd been informed to to look for um they look as though they've been um, Uh, they seem to jut up out of the ground um, but not as though they've been placed almost uh, like they they seem to almost organically um, dissolve into uh, sort of Mm. the the rocky base Uh, and uh, it's a language that uh, you'd be familiar with but would be visually unfamiliar to you Duncan um but, you uh, know, to your eye, uh, it definitely... Although, no, sorry, Ryan, you said you spent a bunch of time studying Dwarven and, and Dwarves. Yeah, you? yeah, Do I could speak,
1: speak it, okay, but, but probably it would also it. be... They'd be records from pre-Orvel, so I might not know much about the
2: modern Dwarf setup. Totally fair. Um, great. Uh, but yes, it uh, it indicates that uh, you've arrived at uh, Fortress Sprangbrek. Um, here's my question to the party. Um, would you let Ida lead, or would you lead? to kind of uh, make your way up to the entrance. And to be Uh, clear there, there's no visible entrance. There's just a cliff face um, kind of tucked in amongst the the woods.
1: Duncan would probably let Ida take the lead because he doesn't know how any of
2: this works. Maka too, because
4: in a roundabout way, this is just how we were gonna get here. (laughs) Let me
1: rephrase. Duncan
2: would prevent Karen from leading. (laughs) (laughs) That would be his goal. Thank you, Lord Protector. You're doing a great job. Sorry, I'm trying to work on my princess speak because if I'm going to like lead Orville, it's going to be super important that I like really nail the lingo because I think people respond well to that.
1: Duncan, it just, he does that like that little like shiver you do where your head goes lower. You hate something so much that it like hurts. But he, in his head, he's just like, you don't have to argue with her about this. You're going to get the princess back. It's not going to happen. Don't yell at her. You need her to follow.
2: When um Karen has stopped responding, responding to you for now. So you're just kind of like living in a fish, uh, living your worst life. Um, what is, what is your observation of, of that statement?
5: Um, <laughs> After a few moments of j- just like, just being fucking pissed and like, just kind of like outrage at what has happened. Um, I think, I think she, I think Gwendolyn starts to wonder if like, maybe she could just like annoy Karen into like revealing that she's in there.
2: <laughs> I hesitate to ask, but what does that look like?
5: Um, <laughs> I think it's just, <laughs> it's, it's literally like, make like she is basically narrating everything that is happening so it's like Like a randy newman song (laughs) yeah no it's like literally like um like if someone is like like maka is speaking and like finishes a sentence and she'll be like oh yes he said gruffly shrugging his shoulders and moving on all right, and where are we going next? Oh, look, look, look! There's, there's Duncan over there, and uh, yeah, he's lo- oh, look. Oh, look, we got a new, we've got a new orc friend. Okay, and the orc friend. Oh, look, she's speaking. Wait, listen to her speak. Very, very interesting. All right, it's just like. All yeah. right, now left foot, right foot, left foot. No, 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 left foot, right foot. It's just, it's.
2: I like to some She extent... doesn't
5: really need to breathe, so sh- it can just be fucking like yeah, ongoing a
2: sore throat. Yeah. No. Um, um, you're not entirely sure if Karen can even hear you. Um, you get the sense she might be more capable with spiritual matters than than you are, given that she is kind of in that form to begin with. But you're also not sure she like it, it's. You don't know if she can hear you, but also she could hear you. So
5: I also have nothing else to do. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is this is a good trapped on a desert island insanity
2: adventure for for Gwen. Um, okay. Amazing. So. Um, Ita, you approach the, uh, the cliff face. Um, and uh, as you uh, approach, you can definitely see that like, uh, and I think Duncan, you would recognize this as well. Um, there's clearly been a lot of traffic in and out of, of this sheer cliff face. Um, yeah, the ground is, is very well worn. Um, and uh, uh, Maka, you can feel kind of a tremendous amount of energy almost in the air. Um, around you. It's not uh, not like um, a dangerous thing, just like, you know, you can sometimes feel like when a storm is coming, there's just electricity in the air. It's not like the static of the Shadowlands, but just uh, a huge amount of power uh, near nearby. And happily, it feels natural. None of this feels weird and gross to you like other places <laughs> we've been almost exclusively.
5: <laughs> um... <laughs>
2: So uh, Ida, uh, you step up and uh, you quickly check. Uh, do you keep everything in one notebook or do you have multiple notebooks?
5: Um, I I will have, I have multiple notebooks because wh- I have one book that is like for my or counting and I have another mm-hmm. that's like my personal projects.
2: Okay, great. Um, So I think this is probably personal projects. Uh, okay. It's, um, it's uh, wherever you'd put your like itinerary and instructions, which I assume would be, personal not um like the actual or counting um so you flip it open uh and it it uh tells you like sort of the exact pattern to knock um so uh you do that and um i'm gonna need you to please roll me a survival check
5: oh my okay 11
2: 11. Um, Okay, so um, you are later in the day than you expected, but um, still on time. Uh, I was mostly willing to see how quickly you were able to travel across land. Okay. Um, So, uh, yeah, Uh, late, but not like. yeah, not badly late. Um, so uh, you knock, um, and uh, on the, just on the, the final wrap, um, you you feel the, uh, the cliff face shimmer slightly, uh, and you kind of actually have to flick uh, some almost watery stone uh, off your hands as the mm. face begins to uh, sort of uh, shimmer and shift. Um, and slowly but surely, uh, you see uh, kind of a hand come out through out of the center of the wall and start to like actively stir it. Uh, and uh, as it happens, the uh, the rock begins to kind of swirl and twist and gradually a hole begins to open in the center. Um, and uh, beyond it, uh, you can see um, a dwarf and she's just like kind of like doing a full wax on wax off uh, and really <laughs> seems to be fully swirling the stone um, as uh, she concentrates. Uh, at which point you hear, Yo, heads up! Uh, and a beach ball comes flying out um, and hits Duncan squarely in the face. We are I would like attack. to use uncanny <laughs> dodge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's <all> right. Karen. <laughs> um, sure, yeah, you step aside, it bounces off Karen. Um,
1: <laughs> it is
2: a uh, an inflated, um, clearly like uh, it's, you know, they don't have plastic in this world, but uh, it's like an inflated, skin Stomach of, some of an animal yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> uh, but it's been painted in like fun colors um and uh, as the the uh one dwarf continues to kind of swirl an entrance open um another dwarf kind of leaps past her uh and um he's super ripped like he is he is a fucking like sexy ass dwarf he's wearing like a tiny little mankini uh he's got sunglasses on the front and back of his head um and uh he's got like a Puka necklace and he's just like, Oh, uh, hey, sorry guys. Uh looks like the ball got away from us. Uh welcome, welcome. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah, all right. Sorry, uh sorry. And he walks back he's like, Sandra, you're doing a great job. That's that's some some good uh that's some some good uh stonework there. All right, all right, see you later, guys. All right, bye. Uh and he goes running back in. He also reeks of booze. Like just he- you can did he get the ball or did he just come he out did. and do yeah, that? Yeah, he, he grabbed okay. the ball and, and, and <laughs> went. Hey guys, hey. Enjoy the
3: ball, you guys are cool,
1: bye. <laughs> yep.
2: um, so uh, a moment later, uh, Sandra finishes um, the uh, the crafting of the door um, and uh, she uh, just kind of, uh, you also notice that she she's also wearing um, uh, big sunglasses, but hers are, are less like cool. <laughs> they look more practical than... Uh, then, kind of like for funsies um and uh she says uh uh i'm sorry is there um uh is there an Ita here i was told to expect um uh well you're the only orc so are you our orc accountant
5: uh i am indeed i am ita uh itakoe ego uh, petere, and i am here uh, to help you sort out your books
2: oh that's great yeah that's awesome that's awesome yo you guys want a round of shots
5: that would seem uh, counterintuitive uh, and counterproductive to the task which requires much mental acuity.
2: Okay, I'm just saying, like, I totally, like, reshaped this wall, and I'm fucking plastered. But, like, okay, cool, you do you, you do you. All right, come on in, come on in. Yo, 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 the accountant's here! And you hear, like, various cheers um, and a pulse of music. Um,
1: I think Duncan will just keep following Eta, just wherever... Wherever she's going, this seems like they got an easy pass through the front door. So (laughs) don't ask questions. Let it happen. It's his theory.
2: Uh, Cool. So um, you uh, step uh, over the threshold um, into uh, sort of the entryway uh, to Sprongbrek. um, And you can see that it, um, the sort of um, cavern you're in, the tunnel, um, is perfectly, uh, like, everything is very um, soft. Uh, there's kind of no hard uh, hard edges or hard lines. Um, but looking around, um, you get the sense that it was probably crafted the same way <clears throat> that uh, Sandra just crafted the front door, um, which mm-hmm. she, like, quickly kind of, like, r- basically, like, massages almost like dough back in um, uh, before it starts to kind of um, uh, essentially, like, harden. Um, so everything looks very much like it's been uh, Almost like sculpted by hand um, And uh, You can hear again just like pulsing music You can hear the sound of, uh, of people cheering Every so often like another one of these dwarves Comes like stumbling by in a bikini Like laughing um, You notice once you get uh, into the tunnels themselves uh, There aren't um, People start losing the sunglasses Sandra takes hers off uh, I just
1: figured out sprung, Breck Fuck you, Tom <laughs> Um,
4: I didn't have it yet. No,
0: but
5: I, uh, <laughs> I still don't have it. So. It's spring break. Oh Jesus! <laughs> spring <Christ. break. laughs> No, Jesus. it's
2: Fortress Sprongbreak in Fucking Gren. hell! Um, so uh, people come stumbling by, um, and uh, yeah, there seems to be a great, great amount of joviality and, and uh, fun occurring. Um, and uh, you notice immediately, like they're all super young. Like, they all look like they're in their, like, late teens, early 20s, um, and uh, just have... Conventionally, like, bearded dwarves, or...? Um, yeah, some of them have beards. Uh, some of them are clean-shaven. Uh, it seems to be a, a, a personal choice mm. uh, situation. Um, you notice that, like, uh, a lot of the male-identifying dwarves that you can see, like, there's definitely stubble. Um, it seems like their, their hair grows pretty fast. Similarly, uh, a lot of the female-identifying dwarves, like, their hair is really fucking long. Uh, it seems that, like, hair growing fast. I think they all have the Wolverine, uh, like, uh, hairy arm situation, Yeah. Uh, which is just always such a joy for, uh, like, an artist to just be like, ah, cross, 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 yeah. cross, cool character. It's a
4: screen door on my forearm. Exactly,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, conventionally, uh, all, like, incredibly attractive uh, dwarves. Um And, uh, yeah, clearly having fun. So Sandra's like, yeah, so, uh, hey, I mean, uh, you guys are here kind of late. So, you know, we're just, uh, you know, work hard, play hard. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um,
5: Sandra, may may I ask a question? Yeah,
2: yeah.
5: Uh, Is today and what everyone is doing representative of an average day in Sprangbeck.
2: Oh no 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 no! This is just the night. We're just kind of loose a little bit, you know. It was a hard day. Uh, you're here a little late. If you have been here a bit earlier, you would have got us all in our like our, our business swimwear. Uh, would have been uh, a little more swim, impressive. Sw-
5: swim swimwear. Oh yeah, we got a wicked business. cool
2: pool. you got to go for a dip later. It's going to be awesome. So, I, I, I
5: see. I see. Um, I
2: see. <laughs> so. Um, with that, your, uh, Sandra kind of leads you down the, these tunnels. And uh, sure enough, soon it opens up into a massive underground city. Um, <clears throat> you can see that not everyone here is like cutting loose. People are like going to and fro as, as you would. Um, but uh, very much like a massive cavern with kind of different um, uh, houses and buildings at different um, elevations a uh, lot of, um, kind of, uh, stonework, uh, bridges c- connecting all these various kind of plateaus. Um, but, uh, overall fairly massive, uh, space, uh, in the center, uh, of the ceiling, um, there is, uh, sort of a, uh, a massive purple crystal, uh, that's casting a, uh, almost like an ultraviolet, uh, glow on the, uh, on the room, um, you can tell just kind of at a look that it's probably good for their low light eyes. Uh, Also the dwarves all have like fairly large eyes. They live underground. So they, they need need that. So just kind of keep that in your uh, understanding of of what we're looking at. Um, So Sandra says, uh, yeah. So like, uh, again, you kind of got us off hours, but don't worry. everything will be great for you tomorrow. Uh, We've got some guest quarters set up Uh, for one. Who are these guys?
5: Uh. I have been traveling with them for a few hours. Uh, uh, a perhaps they can introduce themselves. I do not know them very well.
1: It's a pleasure to meet you, Sandra. My name is Duncan Kindano, first captain of the Dawnbreakers. And this is Maka Deathcap of the Tortles of Bleen. And this is Karen, a fish familiar trapped inside a suit of armor.
0: I was <laughs> wondering...
2: With oh. that, she kind of like looks at the armor. And I think you, you guys tend to put her in a cloak when she's like out and about, right? I have a cloak that we have put on Gwendolyn before, yeah. Before, yeah. Would you have put it on her when she's Karen or no? I don't think Maka's we would thinking bothered. is
4: like the armor was made
2: here, so why? Yeah, so yeah, um, Sandra actually kind of like takes in the armor for the first time uh, and uh, kind of like does that like blinking thing people who are incredulous do in movies but not in real life. Uh, and she's just like, well, yeah, exactly, Tyler. Thank you. Uh,
3: <laughs>
2: like, um, wait, wait a minute. This is, this is some wicked fine armor. Wow, wait, wait, this is this came from here.
3: Mm.
1: Correct. We're hoping to find an expert in the Emulium armor who could help us understand perhaps soul bonding between the living and the armor.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Soul bond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, look, we, we are not really allowed to talk about that, but uh, yeah, I, I can, uh, I can set you up with the president tomorrow. I mean, she's got to talk to Sandra first, but. Uh, uh, yeah, President Nagata would be happy to uh, to chat with you guys, I'm sure. Uh, it's a little bit above my pay grade. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm the door crafter for the night. So, um, But uh, yeah, we, we can hook you up with that uh, tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, I guess, uh, do you guys mind sharing a room? I do not mind. There would be
1: no objections, but that's really a question for Eta, as it was originally her room.
5: Uh, as long as everyone can be very quiet in their sleep.
1: Yes. Yes. Mm. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm quiet at all times because I'm trying not to get murdered. Then
5: I don't this be know acceptable. what
2: sleep is. Is that where people like close their eyes and don't move for a bit but aren't dead?
5: That is correct. Okay, I don't
2: do that, so I'll be great, like a good bestie.
5: You would be quiet.
2: Be silent. Yes. I mean, like I don't sleep, so sure. This is about
1: as good an answer as you're going to get out of Karen. <laughs> um, All
5: right. I may, have, I may have to remove you from the room if you disrupt my sleep cycle.
2: Um, Sandra's like, uh, okay, this doesn't seems more like a you problem now than a me problem. So uh, hang on one sec. Let me just uh, make you up some beds. Um, so she walks in. Uh, And she just like walks over and very crudely shoves uh, the stone bed she'd formed out of the ground back into the ground. Hmm. Um, And then she kind of like dusts her hands and starts like very quickly and rather adeptly like crafting stone uh, beds. They're all much smaller and less grand, um, but basically just reshaping the room um, to uh, roughly to your liking. She says, "Uh, okay, so um, I'm going to leave you here for tonight. If you need anything, uh, you can ring the bell by the door. Uh, we'll have someone swing by with something. Uh, I got to go back to the front door because that's kind of my job tonight. Got to make sure the guys with the ball don't get it knocked out of there. Am I right? If they lose that thing, there's going to be hell to pay. All right. Well, you guys have a good night and um, we'll uh, send someone by in the morning. And uh, welcome to Sprung Break. Sprung. <laughs> you mean Sprung Brick? Whatever you want, you know. and off she goes (laughs) all right so looking around the room tom is there a chair uh she did not make a chair she only made the three the three beds think of these as like kind of big stone slabs kind of thing slabs but with like an indentation in the middle um almost uh think like a almost a very shallow bathtub kind of situation so enough that it actually does look fairly comfortable um as as a stone bed would go Um, but, uh, but yeah, so no, there, there are, um, three of those and I don't think she'd make anything for the armor because that's not really their deal. And I'm imagining there are no
1: windows. No. Perfect. And Duncan will say, all right, so we've got three, uh, three, three beds. It's only right that the princess, our new princess Karen takes one of the beds. So I'll sleep leaning against the door to make sure no one goes in or out without us being aware Danny, that's so nice.
4: You're welcome. Maka climbs onto a slab
2: and goes to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I will
5: also sleep because that is prudent.
2: Uh, so, Ita, having successfully arrived at uh, Fortress Sprongbrek, uh having made some some new allies, um, you're excited to hear that uh, the president herself will be, be swinging by and that uh, so far, things seem to be going uh, roughly according to plan. Uh, you've made some some allies, at least for the moment, and uh, now it's just time to figure out what the fuck is going on in Sprongbrack. Uh, and by the dim purple light of the uh, overhead uh, small overhead crystal, uh, Ida, you make the appropriate notes, uh, and uh, you settle into sleep. Duncan, I assume you are not sleeping.
1: Duncan. Um... He'll see what Karen's doing for a bit. He has to sleep. There's no way he'll be useful tomorrow if he doesn't, but he's literally planning on sleeping pressed up against the door. So Karen can't leave like that. It's more so Karen prevention than it is any fear of attack.
2: Yeah. Karen kind of like curls up like a dog a bit because that's kind of how she used to sleep in the painting. Um, So she's like a a weird little, like kind of adorable donut of armor. Hmm. Um, And... um, uh, she uh, just kind of like into the silence uh, before kind of quote quote going to sleep is like this is really nice I'm really glad we're all together Duncan won't say anything <laughs> uh, and <Fuck> is asleep <laughs> glowering at the uh, usurper in her armor Duncan you feel just the slightest twinge that tonight no one will be stuffing dirt into Gwendolyn's face mask Uh, And with that, you fall into an uneasy slumber.
0: This episode of Curse, Code, and Crown sound was mixed and edited by Laura Hempstra, and the campaign was created by Tom McGee. Our original theme music was composed by Landon Noblock, and Curse, Code, and Crown's logo was created by the brilliant Decapitated Markers. If you want to follow our players or our DM on Twitter, you can reach out to Laura at EL Hamstring, Ryan at The Ryan LeBlanc, Tyler at Tyler underscore Hewitt, Tom McGee at McGee TD, or you can message our whole company at Dum Dum Dice. So please join us again for more Curse Code and Crown! Dum Dums and Dice has
1: to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Menicola, Long Long, the Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lorda Bradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com/dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you.
4: The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.